Kiora, and welcome to Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the shadowy realms of the unexplained, of the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your hosts. I'm Marianne. Thanks so much for joining us today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you're living in this beautiful world of ours. Sit back, relax, and let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and see what awaits us there. When people hear about a house being haunted or someone experiencing a haunted house, most people react with fear or curiosity tinged with fear or they don't want anything to do with the subject, some because of religious beliefs, some because they fear it will follow them to their home or they dismiss it as not being possible. It doesn't fit into their world viewpoint, their religious beliefs or whatever reason. It's rare that you find someone who actually accepts the fact that their home is haunted and isn't scared by that, even though others around them may be. My guest today is one such person, a Danish-born woman living in the United States, who at the time these incidents started was a single parent with a six-month-old son. She lived in this particular home for a period of six years. Christine came to my attention when I was browsing a Facebook group and she was sharing one of the experiences from her home with the group. I found the experience she shared to be really interesting and a tad funny. It involved her father who was a sceptic and she shares this experience later in the episode. So I reached out to her and asked if she'd be interested in sharing some of the experiences from her time in that house with you all. To my delight, she agreed and this episode is the result. So, with that preamble, are you all willing to walk with me into this part of the Shadowlands and see what awaits us there? Before we do begin this week's episode though, a little housekeeping. This is the last episode in this current season. I'll be taking a four week break, but actually it really won't be a break because I'm working hard on getting new episodes lined up for you all, new interviews with very interesting people as soon as we start back. But for that two episode duration, I'll replay my current top two episodes. One is consistently the top episode. The other one has recently shot up to join it and it was from my very first season on air. Now on to today's topic. This episode's a little different to most I've done. Don't expect to have all these experiences all tied up neatly and ended off for you though. Christine and I talked a great deal off air. Actually we talked for around two and a half hours in total. Half of that was not recorded. She wanted to leave the episode like this as she's currently turning her experiences into a book trilogy. However, her experiences are interesting enough that I felt you would all be okay with that. Mm-hmm. 
story begins when she was searching for a home. I wanted to buy a house for my son and I. My son, he was about six months old, and I had a little bit of money that was going to be released that I could use to whatever. And uh, at that time, my dad said, why don't you buy a house? And I said, well, that might be a good idea. What I did was that I saw an ad because he's like, okay, what about this? What about this? And uh, when I saw this house, there was just something that says, this is mine. Right. And I, and I said to my dad, because my dad was living nearby, I said, um, I found my house. And he said, we haven't even been out looking yet. I said, no, I know. I found my house. And he said, what do you mean? Just go. I, we're going to look at a couple. I said, no, we're only going to look at one. He said, no. We're going to look at a couple. I'm 20 years old and, yes, 20 years old. And he said, we're going to lose the, look at least a couple. And I said, okay. I said, we, we'll, we'll look at He said, you pick two, I'll pick two. And I said to him, okay. So he picked two. And he said, which one do you want to start with? I said, the one we're going to end with. <laughs> and he said, no, we're going to start with another one. And and then we went to the two homes that he had picked. And when he walked in, he's like, he looked at me and he said, this is not your home. I said, no, I know. I know which one it is. You know, but he has not seen the ad at all. Right. So eventually after the, uh, you know, the houses, the two houses that he's picked, he said, okay, I give up. I know you have only picked one house instead of two, like I asked you for it. And I said, yes, I have. So we walked down the street and I said, now we're going to go ahead and turn around the corner. And when we get in, it's like, I, I, what can I say? It, 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 you go in, into it. So, and then there's a circle with about 15 houses or so in that circle. A cul-de-sac. You know, yeah, it's like a cul-de-sac. To him, he said, which one is it? we walked into that cul-de-sac and I said to him why don't you pick my house you got so many to choose from why don't you pick one of the houses that is there he could pick any one of them any one of them that was there he could pick he he walked uh, first you know just a few steps ahead he walked into the cul-de-sac looked around there's no ad there's no sign which house it is. And he turned around. He says, I found your home. I said, are you sure? Yes, you big. I see this huge giant sign on, on the house that says your name. I don't know how you did it, but that's the feeling I get. You know, it's like in, in neon light, it's just standing there flashing. And, and I start laughing at him. He said, oh, you feel so? He said, that's too big for you. And I said, no, it's not too big. I'm not going to be alone in it. And he said, who's going to be here? I said, my son. I said, that's too big for you too. <laughs> and and uh, I said, no, it's perfect. So we met up with a realtor and we walked through the house. And this house was the worst of the worst. You know, basically the realtor, it, it has a very, very odd smell of puke oh. old beer food that was molded it was really dirty inside like disgusting dirty 
And we walk into the living room and over in the corner, there's like a pile of, of clothes, like old clothes. And it, you can smell like that. It's like it's never been washed, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of like really nasty smell. And my dad looked at me because he looks out in the backyard and says, oh, my gosh. You know, because the grass is about a meter high, oh. <laughs> you know, as a free feed, right? So he's like, I'm going to be busy, you know. I said, no, no. He said, yeah, because I know I'm going to do the backyard. So the villager, he walks over. He said, well, you know what? If you if you can look away from all the, the – and then he goes over and kicks to that. And, and, of course, all the dirty clothes is in the corner. He goes over to kick in the in the in the clothes you know and it moves and you go oh right you know <laughs> i start laughing and a man wakes up drunk like a skunk <laughs> and the realtor he said are you sure you want this house i said yes it's mine wow. and 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 i turned to the man and said is there more sleeping in this house he's like who are you and i said i'm the new owner he said okay, I'm going to go ahead and sleep on that. And I said, good night, <laughs> you know. So he basically just tore all the clothes on top of them, you know, to cover up the light, the sunlight, and he went back to sleep, you know. And I said, next time you try to kick something, I said, make sure there's nothing underneath. Oh, wow. You were pretty, you were pretty composed. Oh, yes. I, I, I thought it was so funny. But later on, I found out who the owner was, and that was where the whole a commotion became that I bought the house you know mm-hmm. and uh, he was a pool shark a drug dealer mm-hmm. a uh, part of the band uh, beat up gang was a AK I think it was AK 45 part of, of one of those uh, sub uh, gangs that there is I think it was a banditos or so we on our way home we talked about it and we said are you sure? I said, no, that's my house. I said, and uh, within two weeks, I walked into my house. I knew that it was going to be really, really bad. I, I basically went to the bank and says, oh, I got so many bedrooms that <laughs> uh, I can just rent it out. So that's basically how I got the loan on the mm-hmm. on the house was because it, I had nine bedrooms in the house. So it's like, yeah, I can rent it out, you know. Wow. <laughs> When Kel, you know, moved in, you know, he moved in more or less the same day as uh, my son and I did. He stayed downstairs and I, we stayed upstairs. And when everyone had left, uh, uh, helping out, cleaning up, right? So it was at least sanitizing to live there, right? He has not moved out his stuff yet. So we couldn't really move my things in at that point. Uh, other than, you know, the few things that we could get up in a corner and so forth. So it was really commotion. But uh, Kel, he moved in in the downstairs. And as I moved in, I started preparing the house for protection. And I do that with blue blue color uh, on the doorframe outside. And then I make a little prayer and put salt on the doorsteps. And I did that for all the entries, and we have three entries, one downstairs and then two upstairs, and I did that. Well, a couple of days later, when Kel moved in, because I didn't hear anything, 
one of the things he came up and says, did you guys, did you, are you messing with me? You know, I, I didn't know him prior for this, but we talked every afternoon, you know, you know, he came for a cup of coffee and just get us settled in and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel all alone in the house. He said, did you, did you mess? Are you messing with me? And I said, what do you mean? Well, I hear the door go downstairs. I said, okay. And well, the problem is the door is locked. You know, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, because then I'm not, I'm not, it's, it's natural, you know, you got noises and so forth. Right. So in the first part, I thought it was just him hearing, you know, things. And I said, so he disregarded it. Well, a couple of days later, he came storming up of the stairs. I, I, I don't know if I like to stay here. You know, it's been about three weeks he's living there. And I said, what do you mean by that? I, well, something weird happened. And you probably won't believe me. I said, trust me. I've seen everything. So spell your beans, spell your beans. Well, he said, well, in the evening when I'm sitting and, and watching TV, he had it on low. One of the things that he would hear was his door go. It's a glass door. So you could hear the glass in, in the door. Right. And then you could hear it like there was someone closing it. Well, he knew that it was locked. The only one that has the key was me and him because we changed the key. So he thought in the beginning, again, it was me messing with him until he started hearing uh, over, you know, on the wall. Basically, someone was knocking on the wall all the way down. Basically, all the way down the hallway was someone knocking on the door, a little wall. By so knock, 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 you know. He's like, who's that, you know? And then eventually what happens was they had uh, the next part that happened because he didn't, he just disregarded, like I told him, just disregard the noises. It's just noises, right? All of a sudden, he started hearing the handle. And the handles is a, uh, not a round one, but uh, a long, you know, yes, exactly. Right. A, a regular handle, let's call that. But it's the older one in plastic. So what you hear is that, you know, because it needs the WD-40. We didn't get that far, but right. you can hear that, you know, squeaky noise. And then they go, flop, blah, 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 you know, that, that flop noise, like someone is letting go. Right. And he hearing the first two doors, there's next to the front door, his front door. It's just like someone is hold, you know, holding the handle down and then letting go, but not opening in the door, you know, just that. And then he hears the knock over the walls and I'm going, oh, you're having fun. He said, what is it? What is it? I said, well, I don't want to scare you. And he said, what is it? No, 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 no. I'm only going to tell you if you promise to stay. He said, well, if I know what I'm going to deal with, then I might. I said, yes, it goes. I'm leaving. <laughs> so he's like, I'm scared now. I'm, I'm going to leave. I said, no, you promised me. And I said, second, they can't do anything. They're not harmful. You know, if they are, the only thing they do is knock on the, the wall. That's it. So what? And, of course, it continued just that. And of course, if we were downstairs, eventually when we got all cleaned up and previous owner, he could not get uh, the big pool table out of there. So he left there and I bought it from him. So when we walked down uh, to play at the pool, what happens was that you can hear the door upstairs go and you can hear the door downstairs go because they had their, mine was a bit wooden door and downstairs was a glass door, but right. you could hear it even though that was closed. 
And what happens was I, I, I tell my dad, because at one hour evening, we were sitting there. He was there, too, because my dad came, came uh, you know, a lot because he was living close. And, and him and my son was having a great relationship. One evening, we were sitting there talking. I think we were about six, seven people plus me. And, and, and then, of course, there, my father. And he walks in and he said, what are you talking about, ghosts? And he said, I don't believe in that. And I said, well, you know what? I think it's funny because you can actually hear them downstairs. Whenever we're up here uh, or when Kel was sitting in his, in his living room, because he had two rooms, right? a bedroom and a living room together, he could hear them walking around playing pool. There was nothing, you know, no one else there. We could just hear the, how, how the cue hit the balls, the ball hit each other. You know, and and the ball hit the pins. That was one of the things that we thought was so funny. My dad like, no, I don't believe in that. I, I left it alone because I didn't want to deal with it. You know, it's like I don't want to convince him because I stopped convincing people for a very long time. And why, if he didn't believe in it, then he didn't believe in it. That's fine. Right. At this point, I think well, my son is is not he's not two years old yet when that happened and. What happens was at the end one evening, I thought, okay, everyone is out. After killed, I had two more vendors coming in. They all were scared to death of these because they all heard it. You know, Kel, when he moved in, he didn't he didn't believe there was something called ghosts. Right. And he got overly convinced that the other two did too. You know, eventually they did because they were like, What is this noise? Why is someone and one of the guys, one evening, he could see how the handle on his door uh, moving downwards, <laughs> but there was no one outside. You know, he could really mm. see how it's moving. And he could really hear this, you know, like uh, tapping with the nails on the door. Right. He could hear that. And I thought that was so funny. But one evening I was like, okay, I got to I gotta try to convince my dad about this, you know, see how, how he really feels about it. One evening, I, was, I called him. It was kind of like late. And I, when I called him, I said, are you coming over for a cup of coffee? And he said, no, he said, I already gone to bed. I said, I need you to come over here for a cup of coffee. Is it that important? Oh, yes, it is. And so he said, okay, I'll be on my way. So he came over. I sat in the, uh, the sofa and he sat on, in the chair. The sofa is up towards the wall. It was towards the kitchen and he was sitting counter. So basically the chair was actually sitting. So if we move the chair, maybe five centimeters, what two, and that would be the to the left. He could see straight down the hallway, right. but the door was closed. One of the things he said, so what is it? What, why, why was it so important? Do you want me over here while we're sitting, drinking coffee? I said, you just settle down, just wait. And he said, wait for what? I said, is it, is it Nick, you know, my son? And I said, no, 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 no. It's not, is he sleepwalking? And he said, no, 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 it's not that. And he took another sip of his coffee and, and all of a sudden he could hear the cues, he could hear the balls, he could hear the pins and he go, very quiet. He looked at me and he said, who's downstairs playing pool? He knew everyone was at work right. oh, because they were doing evening work. And I said, no one, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me, young lady. 
you know, perfectly know it well that someone is down there. I can hear it. I said, oh, you can. <laughs> I started laughing. I couldn't stop laughing because then I was like, he said, why are you laughing at me? I said, well, go down and, and have a game of pool. He said, are you pulling me over here for a game of pool? I said, why not? You know, a cold beer and a game of pool, it doesn't matter what time it is. It's always good. He said, yeah, but I'm drinking coffee. I said, yeah, well, you can bring the coffee down. Now I'll leave it up here, but I'll go down and see who is there. So he walks downstairs. <laughs> he turns on the light, you know, of course, to get downstairs. Everything is dark. And he walks in, and there's like a tiny hallway into the pool room. Everything is completely dark. So he turns on the light, and I can hear the switch because it's very, you know, right. <laughs> you can hear it when, they, when the old switches, it cluck, cluck, you know. Yeah. And I can hear him turning it on, and I can hear him turning it off. I can hear him coming up at the wooden stairs again. And he comes into the living room and says, but there's no one down there. I said, are you sure? He said, you're messing with me. You guys are messing with me. I said, no, we're not. What did you hear? I hear <laughs> someone playing pool, and I can even hear the bottles, but I don't see any beer bottles down there. <laughs> he sat down again, and within a short time, they stopped playing pool again. He said, where are they? You know, there was no one in the room. I said, did you check all the other rooms? He said, no, I can't do that. They, uh, you know, the guys live there. I said, you know perfectly well you can come and go into their rooms as you please. You know, you can go down and check. So he stormed down the stairs again to check, you know, and he checked all the rooms. There was no one down there. So he comes up again. And at this time, he's, uh, he's clueless, but he's also angry because he feels like someone is teasing him, you know, really, really teasing him. And he doesn't know what it is. You've got to you got to think like this, that he has no clue what a ghost is. Right. And, and he doesn't want to believe in it. You know, he doesn't trust it. He doesn't believe it's true. So when he, he sat down again and he's like, what is this? You know, what's going on? Who's, why, why are they hiding? I said, are they hiding anywhere? Did you see anyone? And I said, no, there's no one down there. So what is this? I hear beer going. I can hear the beers. I can hear how they're cheering. I can hear how they're playing the pool, you know. But when I come down there, there's no one. I said, just wait. Just wait for a little bit. Just sip a little bit more coffee, you know. And I'm sorry about the beer. But you drink your coffee instead. And he said, so what now? I just wait. Just wait. He said, is there anything next? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I started laughing, you know, because I, I knew what was coming. And within five minutes, you can hear the dishes out in the kitchen being cleaned up, you know, like they were taking out of the dishwasher. At this time, he was like, who's out in your kitchen? I said, no one. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I can hear it. I can hear how they're taking dishes out of the dishwasher and putting them up in the cabinet. The cabinet was a, uh, the upper cabinet was on the wall into the living room where we were sitting. So you can hear how the dishes was being put into a stack of dishes. Mm. And he's like, who's doing your dishes? And I said, no one. I don't have any dirty dishes. He's, yeah, you do. I said, no, I don't. He said, so who's out there? I said, go out and look. 
He said, no, you just tell me. I said, no, go on out and look. It's really important for me to go out and look. So he does. He go out and look. And he comes back in and he says, there's no one there. And he's mad. He's mad. I said, did you look everywhere? He said, yes, even in the broom closet. But there's only room for you and Nick. <laughs> All the other guys that were living downstairs, they were too big for the broom right. closet. So he's like, I was like, uh, who else could it be? You know, uh, where are they hiding? Is it Nick? He comes up with that run again. And he said, no. Did you check? No, he's asleep. You know, so I can't understand this. I said, okay, well, I'll do your fear I'm going to open the door out to the hallway. You know perfectly well right now. There's no one in the kitchen. And he said, yes. I opened the door out to the hallway so he could see the whole hallway. A movie shirt, those five centimeters, one and a half inches. And I said, now sit down again. You can see if anyone comes and goes into the kitchen. You wait. Within short time. The noise come up again and you can hear people talking out there and doing the dishes and putting them up in the cabinet. And, and uh, he says, no one walked into the kitchen and I know there's no one there, but who is this? Well, that's my ghost. He, he, his facial expression was priceless. Because that was the first time he realized what a ghost actually was, you know, a, and mm-hmm. he says it was his first apparition, but it's not the, the, the last one. So after a little while, you could see him tasting on the word ghost. He says, well, at least they're nice. They're doing your dishes. Then later on, you know, we, we, we finished the conversation because we talked about the noises that was in the house. And then in the end, whenever he heard something in the house, you know, forward, he said, did you remember to close or lock the door upstairs when we were going downstairs? We could hear the door and someone walking out the hallway. I said, yeah, we did, you know. And he said, oh, that's just one of those. And if we were upstairs and you could hear the door going downstairs, you know, he would ask, did, uh, are they not out working? I said, yes. Did they not lock the door? I said, yeah, it was locked from inside. Oh, it's just one of those. I said, yes, it is. I believe that, uh, yeah, my son turned two at that time. And uh, my father, he was over one evening where uh, where he had to tuck him in and say goodnight and so forth. And uh, after that, we actually went in and just sat with a, with a cup of coffee. And then we talked out in the kitchen. You know, basically there was a... a uh, like four big big windows. So what it was is that uh, in the evening when you turn on the light, uh, you can see the reflection of the hallway in the windows. Right. And uh, what happens was that I've seen him before because that it, it has turned me around the first time I did the same thing when I saw it, uh, this apparition. Because I got used to it, but I forgot my dad did not. Right. And one one evening we were standing talking and all of a sudden he see this little tiny shadow running in the hallway, but it's through the window. So it looks like black shadow, right? Right. And instead of, you know, just a, a figure, right? He said, I just put him to sleep. I just tucked him in. And so he stomps out in the hallway and he see this little thing, little shadow running by, you know, I knew who it was. But I didn't know any name at that time. So 
basically see this little shadow of my dad runs after this little shadow out in the hallway towards the living room. As soon as you get into the living room, there's no one there. So he walks in, he walks into my son's bedroom. I see my son is fast asleep. He comes very confused out and he said, did you see Nick run by? I said, no, I didn't. But did you see something run by? And I said, yes, I did. What is that? I said, do you really want to know? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he shook his head and he said, yes. And then he nodded and then he said, not really, not really, you know, because he knew <laughs> what it was. Funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had so much fun with my dad, you know. So all of a sudden, both of the lights out in the kitchen start flashing. Right, and then what happens was that our there was a light out in the out on the street that uh like a a street light, not the main street light, but the street light that belongs to uh the house, right? Right. It starts flashing, and then it goes in, and uh, the hallway light out in the upper, you know, first part of the hallway start flashing. He said, "And what is that?" Okay, just give me that cup of coffee. Just give me that cup of coffee. I said, well, you know what? I'll tell you this. Uh, we had a little boy moving in. And he said, no way. Who is that? Well, why don't you ask Nick in the morning? He said, no, I don't dare. Can he see him too? I said, oh, yes. They talk, sit and talk all the time. A few weeks prior to this, heard my son running back and forth in the hallway laughing and, 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 and giggling and having a blast. And mm. I walk out there and I can see like he's been chased by someone, but he's having a lot of fun because he's, it's like he's running and playing with someone. And he's, I said to him, is anyone here? And he said, yeah, we're having fun. And that was basically it. He didn't want to, he didn't want to share anything else with me. And he's two years old at that time. And I'm like, mm. okay, you know, and I'm like, fine. And I don't want to scare him and I don't see any fears about it, you know. So it's like, as long as he has fun, you know, and that was basically it. Well, one day, and this is how I actually got to meet the little boy. I, one day he was sitting in his high chair and we were eating. And he took his spoon and then he turned around and then he says, here you go. Here's your food. And he would turn the spoon like if someone has opened their mouth and then he put the food on the, on the floor, of course. Oh, right. And I said, what are you doing? He's asking for food. I said, have you seen that mess you guys are making down, you know, on the floor? And he turned to the little boy. He said, you're supposed to eat your food. You know, does the little boy has a name? And he says, yes. His name is Charlie. He used to be one of your children. I go, what? <laughs> I go, try that again. What? Oh, yes, yes. He remember you from, uh, from, from when you were very, very, you know, that's long, long time ago. I said, I start seeing Charlie, you know, at, at least the first part was a shadow. But then he starts, you know, really showing to me because it's said to him, you know, if you're going to be in my house, I need to see you. I need to make sure that you're okay and you're okay around me, boy, as you can stay. And I have to get you, I, I got to force you to leave. So he starts showing up. 
one of the things, the way he showed up was that we were saying that whenever my son was sleeping, we would sit downstairs and uh, play, I think it was Nintendo back then, you know, mm-hmm. now it's a long time ago, you know. And all of a sudden he was standing in the doorway and that's how I started seeing him. Well, Kale could not see him in the beginning. And basically what happens was that uh, when, um, when I start seeing him, I said to him, Charlie, come on in. It's okay. It's okay to come in. And Kelly said, Who are you? who's here now? I said, oh, you don't want to know. Is he dangerous? I said, no, he's a little boy. A little boy. Yeah. <laughs> I said, are you sure? I said, yes. And he's very curious about what you're doing. He doesn't know what it is, but he thinks it's funny. So what happens was that eventually, you know, is there, there was some times where, he was always there whenever we were sitting down there. And then, of course, when when uh, uh, Nick and I was out of town, all of a sudden, Kel could start seeing him. Right. And he would sit on the, on the floor, right? And in the beginning, he was like, Kel was very, very antsy because he's, he's it was new to him too, just like my dad, but right. he was scared. He was terrified about this. Eventually, you know, Charlie... He, he got so settled with Charlie that Charlie was able to sit right next to him on the floor, just watching what Kel was doing. And then when, you know, whenever I got home, the first time, Kel came over and says, you know what, you know what? I said, what? He came in and sat on the floor last night while I was playing games. Who? Charlie! You know, so at that point, it was like, it was like he started having a, a conversation with Charlie just telling him what he was doing, but he could never hear the response. Couldn't hear what Charlie was saying, you know, just a facial, but not. And, and I thought that was really, really interesting, you know, that they he was able to get that far with Charlie. Sort of developed a bit of a relationship. They were developing a relationship, yes, absolutely. When you moved into this house, obviously you're not scared of spirit. They don't scare you. So you've obviously had experiences you're entire life I would say yes yeah medium most likely you know somebody who sees spirit and has experiences with them is usually a medium especially if you see them on a regular basis like you have I've been seeing all this since I was two right there's nothing to be scared of I don't see anything to be scared of you know so did you know right away when you moved into your house that you had spirit in your home not in the beginning, but I, when I look back on it, yes, absolutely. Uh, but not what I, not when I, I walked in there, I didn't know there was any. Right. But I knew the house had picked me and not the other way around. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yes, it that's... was. It, I knew that this was, you know, like I said, this was, it, this was every day. We heard something, you know, knocking on the wall, uh, opening the doors, like closing the doors, you know, everything. It was, it was always noisy in that house. Like I said, it was almost every day, you know, all of a sudden, Charlie became a part of uh, the, the house, you know, it's right. basically part of the family. We were all of a sudden two kids, a mom. And then one day my son says, uh, Mom, 
I said, yeah, is it okay we, we get another child? And I go, uh, another child, single mom? That's going to take a while, you know. <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. Charlie is bringing his sister. Um... I go, what? So I said, yeah, that's fine, you know, as long as she's a sweet girl and everything. So all of a sudden, what happens was that um, one day when we were going up the stairs, you know, from downstairs, I had my son in my hand, you know, in my arm. And I stopped mid-stairs and my son turns around and he says, oh, that's Sophie. I could see her, but she was between floors. I could see her just like I could see other stuff right so that was basically it and in the morning we I, I felt like I had three kids running around in the whole upstairs that was so crazy oh, wow. and of course you know the more people that came the more the more we got to talk about it and I remember one time we had the um, uh, the door standing open out to the patio and we were sitting talking about this and one of the guys he says have you even considered inviting some of them in? I said, don't you dare. This is my upstairs. What do you guys do are downstairs? I don't care, but this is mine. Patio door had been all evening because it was a little bit warm at that time. So mm-hmm. with no wind or anything, normally in the weekend, we were probably about 12, 15 people in the evening. Wow. And, uh, yes, we were always, everyone was so curious about this, of so in the daily part, we probably was about five to seven people. Always someone there. Right. But what happens was that that, that evening, he said, what are you going to do if someone is standing outside? And I said, I turned around, looked over to the door. Hey, if anyone is in, outside and wants to come in, just open the door. And I turned around again. And the door, you know, <laughs> jumped. Oh, <laughs> Oh my gosh, he said, it's time for me to go home. I said, you asked. I already knew someone had come in. Right. You know, because I could feel it. And the guy that was sitting right next to me, he knew too. He looked at me. He could feel someone was there. And uh, and he said, I'm not sure. You know, because they got a little bit eerie about what has happened. I said, right. okay, well, um, what do you want me to do? Tell them to close the door? And he said, no, Frank, rather not. I walked up and, and I, I put it on, on a, you know, just on a crack again. And I said, are you sure? And he said, well, now we saw that they can open the door. They can't close it completely and the door closed. He said, it's time for me to go home now. And the guy that was sitting next to me, he said, I cannot see who is here, but I can sense someone is here. Mm. And I said, how can you sense that? Because someone is overly protective towards you, and he's asking me to move. I said, you better move, because if he's telling you to move, someone is here to protect me. When I was over there last time, I I don't feel anything anymore over there, because I haven't been living there for a long time. It it was amazing the way that things are moving in this house, you know, that everything is... And like I said, it's every day. And of course, with my dad too, you know, I, my dad in the end 
got used to all the activity in the house. He understood what was going on. He was more surprised than than, uh, anything else, uh, more than he wanted to know, right? Mm -hmm. So so that was, uh, yes, but I want to say the the good story, the really bad one. I want to share a little bit of it, but I don't want to share the whole thing. Okay. Because I want that to be a teaser, if that's okay. When's your book coming out? Yeah, I actually got two. One of uh, Kale's friends, one evening, uh, one of the first renters, basically what happens was that one of the first renters uh, that come in, because everyone that was going through this house of renters was either alcoholic or drug abusers. But they all turned good after a month or so because that was the option they had. Right. Well, one of the guys that came into this house, one of Kale's friends, he didn't believe in this. And what happens was that uh, one time, whenever I was out of town, you know, I always had this sense of a feeling whenever you come into the house as if something is off, right? Mm-hmm. right. Well, whenever I came back, I, I felt the house was cold. The house was empty, of, you know, empty of ghosts, you know, right. the, the, what the, keeps the house alive. The the uh, the breathing, you know, the the emotions in the yeah, house was yeah. gone. It was really really ugly cold. Right. And what happens was that when I walked in, I know I was going to be fine because I had my protection of the upper part, also because I had my son. You know. And what scares me the most was not, you know, that what they have done. But what scares me the most was they didn't consider what was in the house when they did it. Mm. So what happens was that his friend had bought over a Ouija board. And he said, well, I believe that she has a portal in this house. Because there was too much activity and too many people was able to jump in and out and so forth. And, and everything was too active, right, mm-hmm. in the house. And it was too good of a ghost that was in there. There was no bad ghost, not of what at least I saw. You know, they're all protective, you know. Yeah. Uh, so for me, when I walked in there, all my good ghosts was gone. Mm. And... Kel came up to me and says he was going to leave. I said, no, you can't do that. And he said, yes, I, I'm giving you my one, my one month notice. I said, no, you're going to tell me what you brought into my home. And he said, nothing. I said, don't lie to me. He said, how do you know? I said, don't ask me that question in him. And he said, Okay. I said, I'm going to make some coffee. You take a deep breath and uh, you tell me what's going on. And he did. He basically said his friend came over and they were four people, uh, a widget board. And uh, he could feel that something was let go out of the house. And how he felt it, and this is where I want to kind of like stop that part, right? Is that one evening... While I was gone, uh, visiting, I believe it was maybe visiting my mom, right? 
a, we were at least out of the house at that time. I think we were out for three weeks or so. One evening, he was doing a, a, a sketch, and he was sitting with one candlelight, watching it, and there was no air moving in the, uh, in the room. He was sitting in the second room. The windows were locked. The door was open. There was no windows on the outside. There was just a door to the, uh, uh, out to the hallway. And all of a sudden, he saw the candle. Instead of standing, you know, just a little bit moving back and forth, all of a sudden, it stopped moving. He stopped moving. And he going, who's here? And he's used to that. He, I told him that, hey, bring them forward. You know, if, they're, if there's someone there, you've got to ask. Right. Got to ask them who they are. You know, and you've got to say, show yourself. Else mm-hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. And he said, who's there? No one answered. But he said, I had this really, really bad feeling. And then he said, all of a sudden, the, uh, the lid part of the candle it started turning, so the first part of, of it was, and then it bent in a night degree. Right. So it's not the candle in itself, but the wig that was lit. It basically made half of the wig was turned in a night degree. So he's like, and then it turned ice cold. Really, really demeaning, evil. He could feel it in his core, you know, ice cold. He could start seeing his breath, right? Like it was ice, ice cold. He could see his own breath. Right. And then he said, whoever you are, get the hell out of my room. But the door was standing up off the wall. So you can't just slam the door. You basically, if you do, it's, you, you, you've got to hold on to that door. Right. But when he yelled that, someone slammed that door right shut. Bam! He got up, he turned on the light, and then he closed the door. And when he told me that, the only thing I have a response was that, and you don't think they will walk through a closed, locked door? He said, I don't know. I hurried up and get onto my cover, you know, and I tried to go to sleep. I didn't know what it was, and I want to get out of here. Interesting. Right. So perhaps in order to close off this episode for the listeners, and because people like to be able to have some sort of closure to an episode, yeah. So perhaps you could tell us how long you continued to live at that house, and did you ever find out who that male spirit was that you initially saw? I, I actually figured out who that was. And I figured out who it was that was playing the pool and who was doing the dishes. Oh, wow. I was able to uh, track that back. Uh, Of course, you know, like I said, a lot more happens in the house. So how long did you stay for in the house and why did you ultimately leave? We stayed in the house for about six years. Yeah, about six years until we moved over here permanently. And, and the reason why we moved back then was basically he was able to read and write whenever he was two. Right. He was sitting on a computer from he was two, and there was no schooling options back then. 
that was able to sustain that. So whenever he was six years old, I ended up getting a therapist. I was so frustrated because I needed to give him more than I could give him where I was. Right. And what happens was that as a, as a six-year-old, he started first grade, but I had to do it from home because it, it, he was too young to go into first grade right. over there. So we had a school therapist on him. Yeah, exactly. And that was basically one of the reasons that we, we wanted to leave because I wanted to give him something better. And I, I don't know if I go down and tell a social worker that we have ghosts running around in the house. <laughs> I think that she's going to think that I'm crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I'd leave that out too. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that was the reason you left your home. And I guess it must have been a bit of a wrench for you to leave the place you loved on a level, but on another level, when you're doing something for your child, it's not a wrench at all, is it? Exactly. Mm. But, I, you know, I also kept this world open for him. Right. And it was first when he became teenagers that he started closing down that world. And I hope that one day he'll be able to open it again. Mm. And I'm surprised how strong he is, but he's not seeing the things that he used to see. Thank you very much. She had some really, really interesting experiences. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And I know that my listeners will have enjoyed this as well. So thank you for your time. most interesting about Christine was the way she approached this all with a great sense of humor and without fear. As she said to me off here, and I'm paraphrasing her words here, it's actually more worrying to consider someone breaking into my home, jumping my fence, than be concerned about ghosts. I totally agree with that sentiment. And I loved her sense of humor and the wonderful relationship she and her dad had. Delightful, absolutely delightful. Thank you so much, Christine. And today's the day for thank yous. A big thank you to all of you, my listeners, especially those who've been with me from the beginning of this journey. It's been over a year now since I started this podcast off. Time's gone by so quickly that I didn't even notice that our one-year anniversary had well and truly come and gone. But that's actually not a bad thing. And here we are at the end of our fourth season. Who'd have thought? Certainly, I didn't when I started this journey. And whilst I'm thanking people, I'd like to give a special shout out to all my Patreon supporters, few in number, but very much appreciated. We have the Reverend Mary, Michelle, Duncan and Vicky. I'm very grateful for their ongoing support. It does cost me a fair amount of money to create these episodes for you all. So if any of you who regularly listen to the show and enjoy it would like to become a patron of the show, then for just $5 a month, the cost of a cup of coffee, you can become a supporter. As a thank you, you get access to a special members-only page on the podcast website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com, from which you can download in PDF format written transcripts of each episode ever published. 
You'll also have access to extra bits like parts of interviews that don't make it to air, EVPs that are sometimes captured when I'm recording episodes, and other occasional extras, like a relaxation meditation I created for you all. You'll also get early access to the episodes before everyone else gets to hear them, And, of course, you absolutely have my gratitude and appreciation. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash mcc15 and you can join up from there or follow the link from this episode's page on the Walking the Shadowlands website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. Today's bumper music is called All Is Well, an instrumental by Moments. If you have any suggestions for topics you might like me to cover in upcoming episodes, then please don't hesitate to contact me. Or if any of you have any questions, suggestions, or any comments you'd like to make, or experiences you might like to share with myself and my audience, or if you feel you might be a good fit as a guest on my podcast, or know of someone who would be, then just email me at shadowlands at yahoo.com. Check out our Facebook page, Walking the Shadowlands, our Instagram feed of the same name, and our Twitter feed, at Shadowlands10. Like and follow for hints on our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a positive rating, and don't be shy to leave a written review on your chosen podcasting platform, or on the podcast Facebook page, Walking the Shadowlands. And of course, so you don't miss out on any episode, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. This podcast is available on all free podcasting platforms and iHeartRadio as well. And now, if you have Alexa, just say these three words to her. Open Walking the Shadowlands. These four words to her. Open Walking the Shadowlands. And she'll play our latest episode for you. If you don't have a smartphone, then you can listen to the episodes from the podcast website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. For those hearing impaired, there's a full written transcript of each episode on the website, so you don't miss out at all. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your workmates about our show. Encourage them to listen and to subscribe also. The more, the merrier. Thank you so much for listening today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you're living in this beautiful world of ours. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. 